Frank Ling. And I'm Charles Lee. And you're listening to the Grok Science Show. That's right. It's a weekly look at the world of science, technology, and their effects on our daily lives. Coming up on today's program, Dr. Leonardo Trisande will join us to discuss the hormone-disrupting chemicals. So stay tuned for all of this. Plus the Grokatron 5000. And our world-famous question of the week. Coming right up. Here. On the Grok's Science Show. show. Well, our environment is filled with hormone-disrupting chemicals which threaten our health, but what can we do to protect ourselves and fight back? Well, joining us today to discuss this issue is Dr. Leonardo Trasande. Dr. Trasande is a tenured associate professor in pediatrics, environmental medicine, and population health at the NYU School of Medicine. Dr. Trasande has written the new book, Sicker, Fatter, Poorer, The Urgent Threat of Hormone-Disrupting Chemicals on Our Health and Future and What We Can Do About It. And Dr. Trasande, we're very pleased to have you today on the Grok Science Show. Thank you for having me. It is certainly our pleasure. Certainly a fascinating book you've written here about the threat of hormone-disrupting chemicals. Uh, curious, uh, how'd you become interested in the subject and why did you decide to write the book? Well, the past two decades have brought accelerating knowledge that chemicals, synthetic chemicals in our environment can scramble the basic signals our body uses to um, basic proce- basically process bodily functions and contribute to disease. Um we now know of over about a thousand endocrine disrupting chemicals. Uh, we have scientific evidence uh, that is strongest for four categories of chemicals. These include the flame retardant chemicals used in electronics and furniture, um, the phthalates, which are used in cosmetics, personal care products, and food packaging, the bisphenols, which are used in aluminum can linings, um, and as well as thermal paper receipts, and pesticides, which are used in agriculture. What's all this stuff doing to our bodies? Well, the science in particular has accelerated, suggesting that chemicals can literally make us fatter. Um, there are now over 50 obesogens known um, today, and the prototype is a chemical called bisphenol A that's gotten a lot of attention in the news. Um, bisphenol A is used in the linings of aluminum cans and thermal paper receipts. It got a lot of attention about 10 years ago when the FDA decided to ban it in baby bottles and sippy cups. And it's a prototype obesogen because it can literally make fat cells bigger. It can also disrupt the function of a protein that protects the the, uh, heart called adiponectin. And it's a synthetic estrogen. And so it can have sex-specific effects on body mass. We know um, in particular that there's very strong evidence that brominated flame retardants and pesticides affect the developing brains of young kids. And that's because they disrupt the function of thyroid hormone. Thyroid hormone in babies is especially important for brain development such that we test every newborn for gross malfunctions in the thyroid hormone gland. But in addition, we realize that pregnancy uh, can be a time point where thyroid hormone is particularly crucial for a baby's brain development. And the baby doesn't make thyroid hormone and subtle disruptions in thyroid hormone signaling due to synthetic chemicals such as pesticides and flame retardants can disrupt that signaling, producing uh, predictable outcomes uh, such as decreases in IQ, but also even autism and attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. 
are, are most of these chemicals just uh, ingested or is it from breathing or absorbing through the skin? Uh, some of them are ingested. Some of them are inhaled. Um, we uh, know that uh, they're also absorbed directly into the skin. So those thermal paper receipts that you get in the supermarket, um, they have a special uh, glossy coating on one side, which is actually bisphenol-based, uh, which is intended to allow the print to easily be placed onto the receipt. But um, unfortunately, that gets onto your skin and into your body as a synthetic estrogen. As you mentioned, it's greater coverage in the media, some of these chemicals at least, but how, how uh, aware do you think most people are and medical practitioners in terms of trying to warn people about some of the dangers of these things? I'd acknowledge that we still have a ways to go in communicating the information about these chemical exposures uh, to uh, doctors and the broader public, um, but the stakes here are increasingly understood to be very high. What little we know about less than 5% of endocrine disrupting chemicals is that they cost society on the order of $340 billion, that's billion with a B, each year. That's 2.3% of our gross domestic product. So literally, these chemicals are making us sicker, they're making us fatter, and making us poorer as a society. Are there any efforts being done to limit the amount that's going into a product? Well, you would think that the Environmental Protection Agency is the end-all and be-all when it comes to these chemical exposures, but it's much more of a Swiss cheese framework than that. Um, take, for example, the Food Drug Administration. They specifically have oversight over substantial amounts of chemicals that are intentionally added to food or that unintentionally get into food through the processing process. And unfortunately, the regulation uh, for the Food, Drug, Food and Drug Administration, the Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act, is somewhat antiquated and still takes a 1960s way of thinking about science. What can we do then? Uh, we just have to try and avoid all of this stuff? Fortunately, there are a lot of safe and simple steps that families can take to limit their exposures to these chemicals of concern. Uh, eating organic is a great way to reduce your pesticide exposure, and it doesn't have to break the budget. Uh, for example, these days you're seeing even the big box stores taking on um, these uh, organic fruits and vegetables in their sale, and that's producing pressure on companies to uh, slim down their bottom line and slim the margins down such that these are getting into the range where everyone can can pay for eating organic. In addition, there are priority fruits and vegetables that uh, can be selectively purchased as organic to reduce the cost burden. In particular, the leafy greens and vegetables are, are the ones of greatest concern because you eat that outer layer where the pesticide is sprayed on. Are there any particular individuals that should be more concerned than others about these endocrine disrupting hormones? Well, the uh, reality is that children are uniquely vulnerable, but it's important to emphasize that all of us can be affected by these exposures. There's a substantial amount of evidence, uh, for example, that plasticizers or phthalates disrupt uh, testosterone function, the function of the male sex hormone. And that's crucial not just for uh, fertility, but also even for libido. And the reality is that 40% of men over the age of 40 have some degree of uh, of impotence, uh, and it's gotten to the point where there are advertisements for pharmaceuticals being discreetly delivered to guys who are having difficulty, and that speaks to the broad 
scope of the problem. In addition, for some adult men, um, having phthalate exposure can literally be a life or death matter. We know that low T is both a marker for and a predictor of later cardiovascular disease. And insofar as these chemicals disrupt testosterone function, they literally can be associated with uh, a, dec a decrease in lifespan on the basis of early cardiovascular mortality. How are other countries faring in terms of uh, regulation or their exposure to these types of chemicals? Well, we know that policy predicts exposure. Exposure contributes to disease, and disease costs us all as a society. And one of the striking differences we've identified in studies of the U.S. and Europe is that there are differences in the exposures across the U.S. that are driven by policy. Back in the 70s during the tobacco wars, California required flame retardants be intentionally added to electricity to furniture uh, to, under the, the pretext of providing greater survival from fires. Unfortunately, it didn't prolong survival from fires and also uh, was that found to later disrupt thyroid hormone function in, in young children and babies, uh, contributing to a generation of children who literally suffered greater cognitive impairment as a result, costing the United States $282 billion each year. Are there any policy efforts going on then uh, to turn this around? Um, well, the good news is that California in 2013 took the proactive step to take away that flammability test requirement so that it no longer needs chemical additives. And it's actually put a label requiring documentation whether or not uh, flame retardants are added to furniture. Um, but this isn't all about regulation. This is about all of us rising up with our power of our pocketbooks and purses and wallets uh, to, to be the change we seek. We saw that recently with BPA-free, where the public attention to and concern about BPA and baby bottles and sippy cups literally made the manufacturers change their way, made them run to the FDA to change the rules and ban BPA and baby bottles and sippy cups. So you don't always need perfect science to drive the change that we seek. And we've seen again, and we've seen that again with um, certain Teflon-like chemicals in food packaging, where you've seen two major supermarket chains completely revamp their production lines simply because of a, a series of five tests done on packages identifying chemical contamination in that food packaging. You literally saw pictures on Twitter and Facebook of these packages being pushed aside. Do you think people can find what types of products contain these chemicals? Are there sources that people can look for so that they know which are products to avoid and which ones they can then advocate for? Well, we've already talked about eating organic. And in addition, avoiding canned food consumption is a great way to reduce your bisphenol exposure. Saying no to that thermal paper receipt is another way. These days, a lot of electronic receipts are being generated in response to concern about this issue. Also, watching the microwave uh, safe label and realizing that there's no true thing as microwave safe plastic. The reality is that that was designed back in the era where there was concern about warping and misshaping of the plastic. But at a microscopic level, there can be etching or scratching at a, at a level we can't see that leads to greater con chemical contamination of the food that's in those packages. In addition, avoiding the recycling numbers three, six, and seven are important. Uh, three is for phthalates, which we've discussed is uh, disrupt male sex hormone function, also metabolism. Six is for styrene, a known carcinogen, and seven are for bisphenols, which are synthetic estrogens. 
commit those numbers to mind then. Um, well, uh, we are running slightly out of time. I'm wondering if you just have some final words regarding the problem of uh, endocrine disrupting hormones. I have a lot of hope and optimism. Just look at what we did with getting lead out of gasoline and paint. We still get in the United States a $200 billion economic stimulus because we did the right thing back then. I literally tell the undergraduates I teach at NYU that they're four to seven IQ points smarter because of that initiative. So if we all rise up and speak out a bit, it's amazing what happens when even, let's say, a big school system or a major, menu, a major employer decides to take a chemical out of uh, its cleaning products, for example. That can be a massive force multiplier over and above the power of our individual pocketbooks. Well, we were just talking to Dr. Leonardo Trasandi. He's the author of Sicker, Fatter, Poorer, The Urgent Threat of Hormone-Disrupting Chemicals to Our Health and Future and What We Can Do About It. And uh, Dr. Trasandi, I want to thank you very much for joining us today on the Grox Science Show. It was a pleasure being here. Thank you. And that's all for this week's edition of the Grox Science Show. Make sure you tune in next week for more from the world of science and technology. If you'd like to contact us here, you can email us at science at grox.net. For Grox Science, I'm Frank Ling. And I'm Charles Lee. Make sure you also see us on the web at www.grox.net. Have a great afternoon and keep on grokking.